Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, and welcome to the last episode in the Consumer Duty and Protection podcast series, running alongside our sister publication, Mortgage Strategy, in association with Royal London. In this episode, we discuss how multi-cover protection plans can help advisors satisfy the new consumer duty. We'll also look at how these plans can be tailored to meet clients' needs and budgets, which is particularly important given the current cost of living crisis. Hello, I'm Amanda Newman-Smith, feature writer, and today I'm joined by Gregor Sked. Um, Gregor, you can introduce yourself rather than me doing it for you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, Gregor Sked. I'm one of our London's Intermediary Protection Technical and Development Managers. So uh, if, you've, if you've heard me on any of the previous podcasts, you'll hopefully be familiar with that really long job title. What, it's really, uh, it's what it really stands for is we're here to help advisors put protection on their agenda and start building confidence about this uh, this exciting subject of, of protection. Gregor, thank you for, for joining us and, and taking time out um, to speak to us. So, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, our, our, um, our listeners would have heard, hopefully would have heard us talking about the consumer duty and in all sorts of guises, really. And we're looking at this time around at um, how multi-cover protection plans can help advisors satisfy these new rules, which I, I was talking to someone today, and it's not actually that far that we get the, the final rules, is it? So. No, we're only a few uh, a few weeks away, so we're counting down. Excitement is definitely building. <laughs> okay, great. So, so let's um, let let's look at um, multi cover protection plans then, then, Gregor. So, what is it? Can you explain to to us? Because um, I'm I'm sort of part of that as well. Like, I would like to know a little bit more about this series. So, you know, can you explain to you know what they are and what are the benefits to clients? Yeah, of course. So, I, I think we're it's a it's a, a, a very common bit of jargon in, in our industry when we talk multi-benefit menu plans. What what exactly do they mean? Well, uh, for me, looking at a menu plan is it's, it's the core of a menu plan is really a way of providing clients with multiple different types of protection policies, multiple different types of cover, all in one plan, all with one provider. Uh, they've been around. I'd say probably for the best part of maybe 25 or so years now. So chances are a lot of listeners will have come across uh, a menu plan or, or a variation of, of what other providers tend to refer to as menu plans or multi-benefit protection plans, essentially. And this is what they really do is it's about giving advisors the opportunity to create tailored, bespoke protection solutions for clients through this mix and match approach. And again, it very it does vary through providers around what that mix and match approach looks like. But from a Royal London perspective, with our menu solution, advisors can have up to 10 different policies in one plan. And within that one plan, there are a lot of benefits of having it in there. So one plan fee, one direct debit. And there's a lot of benefits from, from the client's perspective from there. But it is really the core of it. It's about giving clients multiple different covers in, in one plan. So um, presumably for an advisor, then it, it might be maybe it does it sort of cut the process down a little because you're talking about one sort of plan with loads of options as opposed to, you know, a bit here and a bit from that provider. Does it sort of, you know, add a bit more structure and you know simplicity possibly? 
definitely like to think it adds a little bit of simplicity. I think now, they've been around for about 25 or so years. So the, the phrasing, the terms and, and what other what providers offer is, is very much all becoming quite, um, you know, quite, quite a standardized approach. Obviously, there's a lot of intricacies within there. So it's definitely becoming a much more robust, simpler process to, to go down the, the menu plan route. I think you got to firstly look at the, the, the advantages of why advisors would actually talk about menu plans. So from a client's perspective, they do allow clients to get cover from, from multiple different risks. Hopefully, there's a, an easier application route for, for advisors as well. So, so that hopefully, it's a little bit of a simpler process. If we're applying for multiple products within this menu plan, again, hopefully, there's just one provider we're dealing with, one application, and really maybe one set of questions that need to be completed to, to help go through the, the actual application stage. Again, through that level of simplicity, we're hopefully meaning it's an easier underwriting process as well. Um, you know, if we've got clients that might need various different medical underwriting, then there may only be one request here for, for information. So I think from an application and underwriting perspective, it definitely simplifies the, the, the process. Again, from the client's perspective, I'd like to think there's a, a little bit of easier uh, life admin. You know, we're all we're all very familiar with the the different direct debits that be coming out of our accounts every month, and you know it could be quite easy to to forget what some of those direct debits are actually for. And if we've got multiple different protection policies, if we've got an income protection policy with one provider, maybe we've got a critical illness policy with another, we might have a couple of different other policies out there that could all include different direct debits going out, different. Uh, plan fees. So from an, an admin perspective, having all of those solutions in one package, one portfolio, it, it hopefully lets clients keep track of what they've got, what, they're, what those monthly direct debits are going out towards um, if it's all in one, one included package. I think the other thing from a, a simplicity uh, and I guess uh, an ease of, of, of use of side of things, when we're talking about a claim being made, if we have, if, if a clients are unfortunately having to make a claim on a protection policy, and they may have maybe multiple different policies with multiple different providers, there are the potential risk of multiple different claim uh, requirements being needed to be met. So we could be dealing with multiple providers. So hopefully, with that menu approach, if we've got everything with one provider, then it might make things a little bit easier if the unfortunate bit of a claim has to happen. So there's a lot of different benefits in there from a client's perspective. I think, as you, you, you kind of quite rightly said, Amanda, I think simplicity is definitely one of the, the advantages of, of, of going down the menu route. I was thinking from an advisor's point of view, you know, one conversation as opposed to, you know, a separate conversation per type of policy. You know, I imagine you could have like a discussion with yeah. this menu and, you know, gets it all in one hit, I imagine. That's possibly the way it works, indeed. Absolutely. I think it's, again, from an advisor's perspective, we like to look at the benefits being quite robust from a business perspective. So we've got this thing at Roland and we often refer to as the, the, the four R's. And this is about relating the benefits of a menu plan to what many advisors, what many business owners would be quite familiar with. So we, we, link, to, we link the benefits of talking about menu plans to things like risk, um, risk retention, revenue, and, and reputation as well. So if advisors are talking about menu, when, what we mean by experiencing the benefits of risk is that if we are able to recommend multiple different protection solutions to clients, that's multiple different levels of risk that we're protecting. And hopefully 
if a claim ha- does have to be made, then those multiple different risks can be met by the, the protection solutions that we're, we're arranging for clients. I think the other aspect of, of risk, you know, and one of the areas that, that, that many plans really come into their own is they do allow clients this opportunity to make multiple claims. And multiple claim opportunities, I think, are one of the big, definitely big selling points when we look at, at multi-benefit protection solutions. When Again, going back to that 4R structure we mentioned a second ago, when we look at revenue, so if we're talking a menu solution with clients, we're going to probably going to be talking about creating uh, more solutions for customers, multiple different protection solutions. Hopefully with that comes more income for the advisor and their business. Retention as well. So how do menu plans help advisors with retention? Well, the crux of menu plans are about creating this spoken and tailored solution for clients. And within there, hopefully that makes it harder to copy um, you know, if a client were to try and go online and get their uh, protection policy themselves online, would it be the same as what they can replicate through uh, through an advisor? And flexibility as well. So one of the areas that I think menu plans are really useful for is allowing clients' ability to, to make changes if their life changes over time. And they can be very, very flexible. So again, if clients are seeing this bespoke protection solution that they have access to, it's flexible and it changes with their needs and their lifestyle. It hopefully keeps them retained on the books for longer. And the final part of that 4R structure as to the benefits that menu plans can bring for advisors, we often refer to as reputation. And of course, when we talk protection solutions, the, the crux of protection solutions is about providing financial uh, support when life events happen. So there's a financial aspect of protection policies to consider. But actually, and most providers offer these services these days, and I think we've spoke about them in the past and some of these other podcasts that we've been taking part in, which are some of the added value support packages. And I think these services can go a long way to help them boost the, the reputation um, of of not just protection, but the, the services that advisors are, are providing alongside the, the financial aspect of protection policies. So it's like those are the four, what we call the four R's at Royal London, risk, revenue, retention, and, and reputation. And, and I quite like to look at them as the, the, the benefits that talking menu plans, talking multi-benefit protection solutions actually brings to, to advisors. Ah, that's all good stuff. But the, the thing I was wondering about, Gregory, is, um, you know, I suppose not, no one provider can kind of provide everything at the same level. And that was also one of my queries about this type of, um, you know, the, the menu plan. You know, can kind of one provider deliver on all fronts, you know, as opposed to an advisor going to different providers and cherry picking what suits their clients' needs? I mean, bearing in mind we are talking about the consumer duty, how do you kind of square that kind of, you know, the, the flip side of having one application process and whatever it is that you do have one provider at the end of the day? It's a it's a great point, and it's something I've been asked quite a lot over the last couple of months. And probably, as you say, in light of us looking at the new consumer duty, and you know, I think multi-benefit plans generally are full of benefits. They've got a lot of advantages to them. But I think one of the things that we need to be aware of, as you say, is that for most clients, you know, the, the protection needs won't just be solved with with one particular product. And that's hopefully where the menu plan plays a role. But I think the other area that we need to be quite mindful of is that there might be areas that other providers offer which other providers 
don't offer. You know, menu plans, they're not going to be suitable for every client. Uh, you know, I think particularly the case where maybe clients have particular medical histories that may end up leading to different ratings. You know, while one insurer may offer pretty good rates for certain conditions on, for example, life cover, they might not always get the same favorable rates or, or, or approach on other products like critical illness or, or income protection. So I think you know, having everything with one provider, yes, it's easier for from a client's and advisor perspective for keeping track of things from an application perspective, from a life admin perspective. Again, we've got that one plan charge. So hopefully there's a cost saving in there as well. But I think we do need to make sure that that is definitely being married up with you know, the need to provide value to the customer. And actually, if that value comes through making sure we're recommending products that are through various providers, not just the one, then I think there, there's a, definitely a place for that. I think the key thing we need to think about as well is evidence. And we spoke about this a few times on our podcast with the new consumer duty coming down the line. And that is about evidence and what, what we're doing, what the conversations we're having with clients when it relates to protection. And I think you know the evidence that that we're having protection conversations will definitely go uh, a long way. And I know a lot of different, a lot of providers do offer various different tools and forms of support that can help advisors evidence these conversations. But you know, I think as I said, you know, menu plans aren't going to be suitable for for every situation. Um, and I think there will be scenarios where actually we might need to look at one provider for one particular solution, another provider for another. Um, solution. I think one of the areas I've heard feedback from advisors saying this comes into quite um, a, a considerable area for, of concern is if we're looking at income protection. And actually, when it comes to income protection, things like menu plans don't always come into the realms of some of the, the friendly societies. And actually, friendly societies can be a, a real valuable source of of. Um, support when it comes to things of specialist income protection products. So again, we can't discredit some of the, 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 the more niche and specialist providers out there if we've got clients that do have specific situations. Um, so I think the key, I think the crux of what we're saying here is there will, there's absolutely a time and a place for menu plans, but it's not going to be right for every client situation. I think they definitely need to be looked at, uh, obviously, individually. That, that's great but can we ask us also put the sort of more positive side because i'm thinking as well you know well i suppose it's debatable whether this is um positive but you know we were talking about inflation and the sort of you know people needing to cut back on and whatever on a previous podcast you know is this an area where maybe the menu plan could be of use because you know if a client is able to initially start with a little bit more cover and then maybe needs to cut back. I mean, to me, this seems like the ideal kind of, you know, product to have if you need to kind of, you know, adjust to your means, you know, depending on the economics of the situation. What are your views on that? Yeah, no, I, I'm a big advocate of that. I think I've always, whenever I'm out chatting with advisors or if we're running webinars or presentations, I often like to use the phrase, you know, a little bit of something is definitely better than nothing. And if we're looking at... Let's take an example of, of a life or critical illness policy. You know, kind of your traditional way of providing protection for clients. We're going to get sure the mortgage is covered. Maybe we'll factor in a little bit of critical illness. You know, historically that has been a very common approach for protection, but depending on the values of of what we're looking at in terms of some insurance, it can be quite a, a you know a costly route to go down as well. Particularly if we're factoring in the the, the, the critical illness element. So. 
I think when we look at cost in one angle, you know, a little bit of something definitely is better than a little bit of nothing. If we're able to provide within a menu plan or an array of different covers, maybe we can factor in some mortgage protection, maybe a little bit of income protection, maybe a little bit of critical illness cover. As you say, Amanda, that can absolutely be treated and looked at in future with a slightly different lens. Maybe the client situation has changed. Maybe we've managed to give them a little bit of critical illness cover that will give them some reassurance that if they are diagnosed with a serious illness, then they will receive some uh, a lump sum as an example. But maybe when we were setting the policy up, as you say, maybe budget was tight, cost was tight. We didn't go for an all singing, all dancing option. And maybe we did go for a bit more of a cost-effective approach. If things change down the line with menu plans, and again, this goes across the board through protection providers, they are very, very flexible. Your cover can be increased. You can add or remove different covers. And an example that I've seen quite recently, um, and also from a personal perspective, is when life's when life does change. You know, clients we might be speaking to down the line, maybe looking at starting a family. They might have kids at the moment and maybe some of the kids have got a little bit older but they've flown the nest maybe that prompts a review of, of the protection policy that they've got and with menu plans we could look at adding removing children's cover increasing cover children even themselves even taking out their own policies again these are all some of the, the little nuances that that actually by using the menu plan can be a lot easier to to add remove and, and actually just genuinely have in terms of a conversation with with clients I was also wondering as well, in terms of, you know, as I say, it probably related to this this point that we just discussed, but, you know, if, if we kind of have a client that needs to sort of say to their advisor, you know, um, I don't know, I've lost my job, say it's that or whatever, and I need to claim on this, but, um, you know, it also means that I, I can't um, manage the premiums on the other bit of protection I've got. I mean, is, is that kind of, you know, when an advisor has that conversation, is it with a view, well, we'll do this for now, but, you know, when you get another job and whatever, then we can reinstate this and, you know, you, you can do that. Is that you know, an easier thing under a menu? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think looking at it from that lens is definitely a really beneficial way to go about it. If we're looking at all the different parts that we build into a menu plan as separate entities that can be tweaked and tailored individually, I think that can be a really good way to help clients visualize it. Just because a situation in life has changed where maybe they do need to reduce their cover or or, or maybe look at removing cover altogether, you know, that shouldn't impact the other protection policies that they've got. So within the likes of a multi-benefit protection plan, such as a menu plan, those little tweaks and, and, and changes can be made without impacting um, existing you know, remaining policies. So uh, I think being able to sort of tweak those little policies individually is, is absolutely one of the benefits of, of, the, of the menu solution. Some, some tools early. I mean, that, that's an area that I find interesting personally. All the you know bits of technology and little sort of little things that you can use to kind of illustrate this and illustrate that. I mean, how how much a part of menu plans are are the tools? Is it quite a, a large part of it, or not so large? I'd say it's a growing part of the conversation. I think providers these days are definitely starting to utilise tools throughout the whole protection conversation journey. And I think from a menu perspective, where tools really come in quite useful is trying to help visualize to clients what exactly this menu approach is and what does it look like. And I mean, that could be something down to as simple as just phrasing or language 
slightly differently. Maybe rather than talking menu plans, multi-benefit plans, we talk about a portfolio of protection. And do you know if clients are somewhat familiar with investments or they've maybe got um, you know, various different other forms of savings, that approach to there's a portfolio of different protection, that type of a change of even just verbal behavior can can help from again from conversations I've had with advisors just get clients to see what exactly we're meaning by a, a, a multi-benefit plan but on top of that tools are definitely a really powerful way to, to help visualize um, protection needs and menu plans with with clients you know something we, we we offer at Royal London is our marketing studio our marketing studio is is one of the one of the areas that we, we tend to focus on quite a lot in our in our sessions because it is a very valuable way of helping advisors to visualize not just the the need for protection but visualize the the importance of protection to clients and things like um, risk reports that are kind of bespoke and personalized to clients can definitely help clients see what risks that they face and actually from there can help advisors then have that conversation about how do we i guess how do we how do we reduce the impact that those risks will have on the client's lifestyle so uh, for example that risk report i mentioned you know, we, I've often referred to it as the, the 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 pyramid of doom. Don't know if that's the official phrase. I don't think we can go for that, but it is a real. It, it is quite uh, an eye-opening sales aid for for advisors to use. And conversations I've had with advisors suggest that it's used at various different stages, right at the beginning of a, of, a, of the, the meeting, during it, even after it. But what it's there to do is just show clients what the the risks, what the probability, what the chances of them actually making a claim on a life policy, an income protection policy, um, or or a critical illness policy. And it does so in such a visual way, which is done through this pyramid, this this pyramid of doom, as I have in the past referred to as. But from there, clients can see actually they do face risks across each of these three different categories. And, And what that's a really powerful thing to, to, to show clients for is yes, it does show them the risks that they face, but it then allows advisors to start to talk to clients about well, how do we protect some of the top, you know, some of the big risks that you face, but also how do we protect some of the things that are important to them? You know, making sure they can afford their mortgage repayments, but also be able to repay their, you know, their, their household bills, their lifestyle costs if they're off work sick. So again, it's about trying to bring into conversation the, the various different protection solutions. And within there, hopefully there's an undertone of actually putting all of these in that menu solution mean that it's all done in one plan, one application, one direct debit, one plan fee. So there's possibly a cost saving in there as well. So there's definitely a good way of under putting that undertone of menu plans within there. Um, one of the other tools that, that, that we introduced at the start of the, this year was the, the value of menu tool. And it's a really, really simple tool to use. And all it does is it just, it just, puts some of the client of, of, of Farzer's clients' details, very basic details, and it just paints this picture around the flexibility of a menu plan. So it, it shows what their what a, what a basic menu solution could look like, what a slightly more um, more enhanced version could look like, and then what essentially the the gold and the gold offering could look like. And it's just a way of letting clients see what the menu plan looks like. And again, another really visual way 
but also it's a way of showing the flexibility within them. So actually, if we increase the cost by X amount, then we can see what different levels of cover clients have access to within that bronze, silver, and gold st um, style packaging. So again, the value menu tool, it's, it's a really beneficial way for clients to, to get their head around this, this multi-benefit, this menu plan um, approach. But I think it's, uh, providers generally have some fantastic tools that I think can help not just as we seem to say a second ago, advisors to visualize protection and visualize menu plans, but actually to to sort of measure and evidence the recommendation that they're making. And when we go back to the the new consumer duty, when evidencing and delivering good outcomes for clients is, is really one of the big focus points of it. I think actually using the tools that providers have is going to go a long way to, to making sure that we're, we're meeting some of the requirements from this new consumer duty and helping deliver uh, good customer outcomes for, for clients. So would you say that we could see more advisors recommending these menu-based solutions? So it's, it's it's a very good question. I don't I don't know if there's a black or white answer to this. You know, when when we look at the benefits of the menu plan, I like to think that there's very little argument against using a menu plan. But I think personally, I think what's more important is that advisors are making room to discuss risks, to discuss the likelihood of making claims on protection policies, and ultimately, I think the the, the crux of what we're looking at with the new consumer duty and protection is that we're having the conversation in the first place. Clients are getting put into an informed position, if we, if we should, should we say, to actually do something about those risks. And hopefully that results in the client seeing the value and, and hopefully the benefit of having life cover, income protection and or critical illness cover as well. And, and hopefully the, the multi-cover arrangement, that multi-benefit, that menu approach is actually the vehicle that's then used to provide this to clients. But I think this is a, the, the crux of what hopefully we're going to see more conversations come out with is just protection in general. I think that is the real important thing to, to, to take from the, the new consumer duty, but hopefully with the undertone of multi-benefit plans are there to, to help bring that to, to life. That kind of brings me on to the, the final discussion point, really. Um, products and, you know, things like the menu plans are only sort of one part of, you know, meeting the uh, requirements of the consumer duty. You know, what other things do advisors who are looking at these menu-based plans potentially need to look at? I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, signposting to colleagues who might be protection specialists or, you know, talking about wills and trusts and that sort of thing. I mean, how much do advisors need to think about this going forward? Yeah, I think a, a great deal is going to open up from a conversation about protection, but also a great deal of opportunity can can actually open up from this menu approach. And we, as I said, within that menu conversation, we might be looking at protecting various different risks. We might be talking income protection. We might be talking critical illness cover. We might be talking life cover, mortgage protection. We might be reviewing situations down the line. We might be talking to clients about how do we change or tweak part of a multi-benefit plan to maybe include critical illness cover for, for children? How do we look at maybe increasing cover, reducing cover? And actually within those conversations, I like to think that that will then spur on more conversations to happen. And ultimately, hopefully what that does is create a more holistic 
conversation um, with clients. And you mentioned uh, a few things there, likes of trusts and, 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 and beneficiary nominations. You know, when we're, again, going back to the, the crux of the new consumer duty, you know, it's about acting in good faith towards retail customers, helping them avoid foreseeable harm. You know, trusts, nominating beneficiaries is going to go a long way to, to help make sure that clients' objectives are, are being delivered upon later down the line. That's really where trusts and beneficiary nominations come into it. And they can, again, be a fantastic conversation starter down the line. If we've maybe not put a policy in trust to begin with, maybe down the line and we review the situation, then maybe we see there's benefits of writing that policy into trust. So again, future opportunities to, to talk about these different areas. You mentioned uh, um, guardianship arrangements, and, and I think also wills as well. Not areas that every advisor will will, will consider specialist areas. It might not be areas that they, they, they go into in, in any detail at all. And I think you mentioned signposting I think signposting is going to be a real big talking point going forward, and it has been over the last couple of years. And again, the crux of signposting is if we're not offering particular services ourselves, can we refer to uh, a specialist provider that will have that conversation or somebody down the line that will have that conversation? If it's maybe we're dealing with a client that has uh, a, a specific health situation that is maybe more complex than we're used to dealing with. Maybe we have to put them across to a specialist uh, with that particular um, client's condition in mind. It might be we refer clients to will writing services, tax advisory services, uh, or even maybe we don't talk protection at all and we just refer all of our cases to, to protection specialists to have that conversation. I think signposting will, will really be the, the sort of underpin of, 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 of um, making sure that we're, we're doing what we can to help clients to, avoid foreseeable harm and achieve their objectives. The, the One of the little tools that we offer at Royal London is called the, the Good Parent Portfolio. And again, with my slight change of lifestyle recently, it's became something I've, I've referred to quite a lot. And what that parent portfolio is, is it's, it, it's a tool in, it, in the sense that it's there to provide some questions, some thoughts, and some, some ideas and some sales aids as well to help advisors talk about things like guardianship arrangements with clients, will writing services, trusts, but, but also protection as well. And within that good parent portfolio, it, it can be a fantastic way of just finding some questions to, to maybe ask clients at a future review before maybe reviewing a menu plan down the line. And maybe the instigation behind that was the client is starting a family, they're growing a family. Um, maybe, for example, looking at guardianship arrangements some of the questions that we could look at asking clients on the back of that good parent portfolio tool could be things like, you know, do clients understand what would happen to their children if both parents passed away? Do they understand how guardians are appointed? What would happen if one parent died, but but the couple weren't married? So areas that I say clients might, not, advisors might not necessarily be specialists within, but the, the tool is a really good area of just helping advisors become a bit more familiar with particular areas of, of conversations that might stem from a menu conversation, but help build some confidence around it. And of course, as we said about signposting, if advisors haven't, aren't having these conversations, you know, can they refer client uh, clients to specialists within those fields so that they do have that conversation? So the good parent portfolios are a really good tool just to help try and build on some of the areas that 
you know, advisors maybe want to develop more on, um, and again, particularly around the, the likes of the, of the multi-benefit conversation. So the good parent portfolio, it's got looks at guardianship arrangements, wills, trusts, and, and protection as well. So a really, really useful tool um, to help talk more holistically and look at look, just look a little bit beyond uh, just the protection conversation on its own. You've given me food for thought because um, I'm a parent and yeah, just the thought of, you know, what if my husband and I weren't around, like what would we do? It does kind of focus the mind a little bit. So I do appreciate there is a need for some of this stuff because I guess like it is probably unusual, but it's not impossible, is it? And that's the whole point. Absolutely. And I think looking at the good parent portfolio, each of those four areas do kind of intertwine with each other. And actually, if we're talking protection with clients, is there a natural flow to then discuss will writing services? If we've got clients that are maybe married, maybe they've got young children, does that then create this opportunity to discuss will writing services? And from there, is there an opportunity to look, again, as we said, about guardianship arrangements? Because generally, that's where you're going to name your guardians is within the will. And then from there, we could refer back to protections. You know, if we do pass away, do those guardians need financial support if they are going to be bringing up or looking after the children for the next however many years. So maybe then putting a protection policy and trust for the benefits of the guardian, you know, could be one particular way around um, really utilising that good parent portfolio. And of course, that's just one of many different benefits of it, but it's about helping just provide some little, I guess, tidbits on prompting questions around each of these four areas and, and helping advisors start to, to bring them into the business. Brilliant. Thank you, Greg, for your time and your insight. It's, it's been really useful for me personally as well. So that's always good to learn a little bit from my own personal use. So thank you very much. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast series. If you want to explore some of the resources we've mentioned today, visit advisor.royallondon.com slash building resilience. See you next time.